chapter 2, verse 18. God speaking, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Father, I just ask that your spirit will speak to our hearts. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to grow in our relationship within the family. In Jesus' name, amen. God said in his word, it is not good for the man to be alone. In other words, man, you can't make it on your own. You need the woman. You, are, you can't survive without the woman. You need the woman in your life. But in that scripture, you can find the role of the woman in the home. And I believe that the woman should take note of that. When God says something, there is a hidden truth in there. And if you buy into it, even if you don't understand, by and by you will understand it because it's really there for your good and for the good of your family. And if you take it to heart and you work with it, then you will reap the benefits that God placed in there. Your role as a woman is that God said, I will make for him a helper comparable to him. In other words, this person is not going to be less than the man. It's going to be comparable to the man. It's just exactly like the man. But her role in the relationship, the way God created it, is to be the helper of the man. Not less than the man, but helper. That's her role. And if she plays that role very well, that family will succeed. There will be reduced conflict in that home. If the wife understands my role, my God-given role, I don't know why God did it this way, but I'm going to buy into it, I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to run with it, that family will be successful. No doubt about it. Because they're doing it God's way. It's when you buy into philosophies from outside and different things that men and quote experts are saying, and you turn away from what God says, that's when you begin to have troubles in your home. That's when your husband thinks he has to protect himself from his wife, who is part of his own life. And the wife thinks, I have to protect myself from him. But God sees them to be one. And they're not saying it, but it's in their head. And God sees it. There is division in the family. If two cannot be in agreement... If they can't be in agreement, they can't work together unless they are in agreement. So you're not working together to fulfill God's program for your family. You see, God's idea is for every family on the earth to be blessed. That's what he told Abraham. He said, in you shall every family, all the families of the earth be blessed. But in the family, the husband has his role. And the wife has her role. If the husband takes to heart his role and the wife takes to heart her role, that family will be successful. The Spirit of God will make sure that family succeeds. And that family will be like a city on a hill. Can't be hid. As God demonstrates his power in that family because they understand 
His ways. You see, His ways are different from our ways. The way we think is not the way He thinks. You're thinking, this is the way to go to succeed. But He was here before you got here. He knows the whole universe. And He knows your makeup. He created you. He knows what will make you succeed in life. If you listen to Him, you will be successful. If you go against His thinking, then you're really foolish. So that's the thing. So the woman is to be the helper. And your role, like I said, is, is, is like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The one that counsels. The one that encourages. He's very gentle. That's the woman. That's what God expects the woman to be. Really gentle, just like the Holy Spirit. Grieve, never angry, but just comforting. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. Comforting the man, encouraging the man. So before, behind every successful man, what do they say? There is a woman. If your husband is not successful, uh, that's an indictment on you. Something is not right. <laughs> I'm not here to bash women today. I'm just telling the truth, okay? <laughs> uh, so that's the role. And a woman who understands that, the Bible calls her a virtuous woman. That's a woman of valor. And one of the things that God wants the woman to do in the home is to help the man in with the finances of the home. God expects the woman to help with the finances. Today in the United States, it's both families know they have to work. I guess God finally got them. Now let me show you, some, show you, uh, show you something. God made Adam, and after he created Adam, he planted a garden, and he put Adam in the garden to take care of the garden, right? And so theologians draw from that is, their thinking is, God placed him there to take care of the garden because his role is to work, right? That's to demonstrate a man, when you are created, you have to work. So God placed him in the garden to take care of the garden. That was his job, right? Later, God created Eve. And you think Eve got in the garden and she was in her room painting her fingernails while Adam was working? That's what you think? She was out there with him. Think about it. That's truth. She was out there by the tree. You remember? She was out there in the garden. She was also working. Both of them were doing what God called them to do. His husband and wife. That's what the Bible says about the virtuous woman. You help your husband. One of the ways you can help, you don't have to do it, depending on what's happening in the family. You don't tell the man, this is your role. We, I'm not going to do that. Well, your family is going to go down. You help in whatever way you can. And that's what the Bible says about the virtuous woman. It says in Proverbs 31, verse 13 and 14, it says, She seeks wool and flax and willingly works. With what? A hand. Work for what? To earn some living. To help a husband. That's what it says in the word. Amen. And now this is not my idea. This is what the scripture says. <laughs> what does that mean? It means the man can also clean, uh, take care of diapers for the kids. Okay. We work together. You can say, that's the woman's rule. I'm not cleaning it. Well, that's part of it. We work together. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what the word says here. 
So she goes out working with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She brings out her food from her pot to take care of her family, to help him, their husband. Verse 16 and 17. He says, she considers a field and buys it from a profit. She plants a vineyard. So she's making some profit. She's in real estate. She's buying and selling land. Amen. That's the woman. That's the virtuous woman. She's involved. I'm not saying if, if your family is comfortable, yeah, do whatever God tells you. But there are no hard paths through. All you're concerned about is my family is going to be successful. Amen. So no, let no woman, if, if you don't need to go work, you don't feel guilty, I got to go do something. Whatever you can do to help the man so that your home, you're comfortable in the home and your needs are met, do it. That's what the Bible is saying. You work together. You work together. She takes care of her home. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 15, it says, She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her uh, maidservants. So she's taking care of everybody in the home, including the servants in the home. That's a good woman. She's preparing food for the servants in the home. That's what God expects a godly woman to be like. She takes care of them. What people will do is send the servants to prepare the meal, right? God says, no, you prepare the meal, take care of the servants, and they'll help you with the field and all of that stuff. Take care of them. And a virtuous woman, she's conscious of that. She wants everybody in the home happy. And you know what they say, if mama ain't happy, no one's going to be happy in the home. <laughs> But if you have a happy mom in the home, we'll be doing fine. And God will be blessing that family. Amen? This is exciting. Family is God's idea. He didn't bring family to hurt us. He said it's not good for the man to be alone. He wanted the man happy. But we can say the same for the woman. He wanted the woman happy as well. A happy family. A successful family. I'm grateful to God. God's given me a great wife. I'm so glad. We work together, and God is blessing our family. This year, he's been unusual. We've had difficult times, and we just brush it aside, and then another door opens, and, and he's just, it's an amazing thing. You have nothing to worry. Just following God's ways and God's principles. Amen. That's the first thing the man needs from the woman. When God places you there, that's the first thing the man needs. The second thing, respect. A man will rather have respect than be loved. That's the truth. You can see some of them there, they are struggling. They want to be big shot men. Why? They want to be respected. They'll do all kinds of crazy stuff. They don't care if you love them or not. They want you to respect them. And in the home, 
If you don't respect your husband, you are actually driving him into another woman's hand. That's what's going to happen. Because as you curse at him at home and yell, and every time he gets out of work, oh, I got to go back home, man. I got beat here, and I'm going back. I'm gonna, it's going to be second round of beating. What am I going to do? He doesn't want to go home. But then in his office, where he's a big shop, there's this lady called secretary, always answering, yes, sir, whatever you want, whatever you say. He thinks, well, she looks good. I wish my wife were like this. Respect. This happened so many times. Can you believe a man has a gorgeous wife, beautiful wife, and I come in a secretary or something, <laughs> but he's going after this one. You can't, it doesn't make sense. And you wonder, why is he doing this? Why is he not? What's going on? He doesn't get respect. He's looking for respect. Respect. From a woman, from his wife. You have to respect him. That's what the Word of God tells us. That's what the Bible means here when it says, Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Ephesians 5, verse 22 to 23. For the husband is head of the wife. So if the man is head, you should be respected, right? You don't yell at your boss in the place of work. He's your boss. You respect him. You're not respecting the man. You are respecting the position. Amen. You are equal to the man, but he has a position. Doesn't make you less than him, but for the working of the company, you have to respect him. That's the way it is. He is the head. But you respect him as to the Lord, according to the scripture. So if he's he's acting silly, and he wants you to do something silly, you you don't need to do whatever he wants you to do if it's simple. You respect him as to the Lord. And if he's trying to follow the Lord, respect him. Don't cut him down. Don't criticize him. Don't tell him, I wish you were like so-so and so person. That's wrong. Praise him. Turn on your ministry of help. Amen. Tell him you're doing good. You're it. There's no one like you. Encourage him. And you'll see that man become what God created. God placed you there in his life to make him what he ought to be in life. And without you, he can never get there. Your ministry is to help him. The Holy Spirit is not less than the Father. Neither is Jesus less than God the Father, but for the purpose of, for God's purpose, Jesus submitted to the Father and had respect for the Father. But he was God. And the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Jesus said he won't tell you anything unless what he hears from my mouth. So the Holy Spirit respects Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit less than Jesus now. But for God's grand purpose, they have done it this way. There is a purpose in your family. God wants to bless your family. And your place 
is to respect the one, not the man, but the position. The way God has placed it in the home. If you understand that and you begin to fall into place, be in agreement with God, you see what's going to happen in your home. The conflict will come down. And when there is peace in the home, it's called shalom, right? Shalom, another meaning for the word shalom is prosperity. The family will prosper. Amen. So respect is very important. Very, very important that you respect. Now I want to tell you something. Some of us have women who have husbands. They're not Christians. And we want to win them to the Lord. But for the most part, what I've known of Christian women, they really, instead of bringing them to the Lord, they drive them far away from God. And they, they tell their husband everything. You know, like, I wish you were spiritual. And they think they're doing well. But you are really hurting the relationship. And they don't want this Christ that you're talking about because of the way you're living and because you have no respect for them. They don't understand what you know. And they can't see any difference based on the way you're acting towards them. So why should they embrace this stuff that you're bringing to them when they see you, something comes come upon you and you're different from the way you've been, but now it seems like you're attacking them. That's the way they see it. You understand what you're doing, but they don't see it. They're caught up. They feel you're, attack, you're attacking them. And they don't know what, where this is going to end. And so they don't want to be around you. But if you respect them, they want to know what's happened to you. They want to know what have you been drinking in that church. I, I want that as well. Give it to me. Look, this is the way Peter puts it. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husband. Not another person's husband, okay? Your own husband. Be submissive. Respect your own husband. Submit to your own husband. That even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, without preaching, may be won by the conduct of their wives. So you don't have to preach to them. Don't turn the radio to KSBJ or something to let him or go in the room and begin to quote scriptures and read those stuff a lot. He knows what you're doing. Don't put Christian tapes and let him hear or force him to watch TBN. He doesn't want to watch. He wants to watch in sports. That's words. And as far as he's concerned, you're attacking him. And the Bible says when you back away from that and you just begin to love him and he sees a lot of respect coming from you, you say something and he, he, and he may know that he's acting and sometimes they'll really test you, make things difficult for you to see how you're going to respond. And when they do that and you respond in your unexpected way, they're wondering, what's happening there? What is happening? My wife is changed. It's like Timpy told me. The man came to, to her and said, what did you do to my wife? She said, what do you mean? She's a different woman. She behaves differently. She touches hearts. And they want to know what's going on here. But if you keep turning those 
tapes on for them to listen to. They, just, they don't know what those things are. The Bible is very clear. Don't give you a pearl to swine. He, he doesn't understand it. <laughs> I'm not saying the husband is a swine, but... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't get it. So, by your conduct, by your respect, making sure everything is fine for him, even while he's acting silly and acting really bad in the home, you're still the same, loving him, smiling, telling him, I love you, you're my husband, we're going to make it. Even what He knows what he's doing. After a while, the Lord's going to rebuke him. And if he doesn't change, God will change things for you. I remember I was reading the story of uh, uh, Abigail, the wife of Nabal, in the Old Testament. I believe in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And uh, this man knew David, and David helped the family as they went out, you know, doing their business. He protected this family. And then David sent a message to this man, please, you know, it's this time of the year we need some food. And this guy has a lot of food. He was very wealthy. David actually said, from the wealth that you are enjoying, uh, just bless us. We're taking care of your servants. And the servants knew, and they were very appreciative. But the man, he says, is of the the Bible called the son of Belial. He was just a harsh person. He cursed David out. And David was angry. I mean, if you curse a man like that, this was a, a, a hero in the whole land. Somebody that killed Goliath. Everybody knew about David. The whole land knew about David. And everybody possibly knew that he had been anointed to be the next king. Because the wife said so. So she knew that David was going to be the king anointed. And he caused the man that God had anointed. He could kill him. That was his attitude. The wife said he's a fool. Just That's his name. He's a fool. And uh, David was ready to take him out. David had 600 men. He kept 200 to take care of the camp. He had 400 men to go with him to destroy this one man. He was serious. 400 to destroy one family. And these were people, his, his army, these men, could take a whole nation. He was sending 400 of them against this one guy. He was mad. But this woman was a woman of valor. She heard about what was happening. And she went and met David and stopped David from taking revenge, which will hurt him. And she told him, it's going to hurt you later as a king. You won't forget this. Don't do this, David. And David relented and said, look. And she had everything prepared. She didn't tell her husband. She brought the food and everything. Prepared everything and gave. But you know, if the man won't change... When the woman told Nabal what David was coming to do and how she prevented him, he had a heart attack and died. And guess who became Abigail's husband? The king. (laughs) When you do all that you know to do and the fool will not respond, God may decide to change. He'll change that if you do what he asks you to do and bring something beautiful in a right way into your life. Amen? Respect is very important. Now, for the short time that I have, I want to turn to the men. Since it's Father's Day. 
in Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, he says there, Husbands, love your wife and do not be bitter towards them. I read that scripture and I'm thinking, for every man, what's going on here, God? Are we prone to being bitter against our wife? Do we have to be told? Now, let me show you what's going on. God doesn't want you to be bitter against your wife because of the way she's created. You have to understand how God put her together. If you don't understand and flow with it, before long you are going to be bitter and your prayers are going to be hindered. You see, what a man does is with his wife, he pulls a lever, a lever, you know, and she responds positively. And he thinks, wow, I got her now. This is exciting. I found this secret. So the next day, he goes to pull the same lever, and he gets a different response. And he says, man, yesterday I did this, and she was happy. I did the same thing. Now she's upset. So he's confused. Frustrated and angry. What can I do? I tried this to make you happy. You were happy about it yesterday. And now you're angry. I did exactly the same thing I did yesterday. How many men can concur with that? <laughs> and she's telling you, you don't understand. You think you pulled the same lever. You pulled a different one this time. And he says, I did? I'm not aware of that. Or she'll say, you pulled it in a different way, and I didn't like it. So the fight goes on. You know, men like to say that, a woman, please pardon the expression, is like a swamp. You're stepping in it, but you really can't see where you're stepping. Before long, you are so sure you're going to be stuck. This is going to be hard. So that's why God says you need to study your wife. Amen. Two things we have to study. When you study the scriptures, you gain understanding, right? God said you must dwell with your wife with understanding. So what that means is study. Study the woman. You got to study. If you really want to have peace in your home, study the woman. You want to have joy, you need to study. So, and not be bitter against her. Colossians chapter 3 Not Colossians, uh, actually, First Peter chapter three, verse seven, it tells uh, tells us that husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So, if you don't have understanding, you are going to be bitter. And your prayers are going to be hindered. So first, live honor them because of the way God 
created them. And we're going to be talking more about this. I have a lot of things I want to share with you. I've been studying. And I think it's really good for the men. Tell the men to come. Because I'm learning something. Amen. This is really good. We have to learn. We have to know your wife. You know, people go to school and study four years to get a degree. And they just jump into marriage. <laughs> no education, nothing. And just think it's going to work out right. We love each other. We love. It's going to work. Uh, that will last only after the honeymoon and things begin to go. Then you wonder, I didn't know you were like this. And she says, I didn't know you were like this either. We're beginning to discover. You think she'll show you exactly what she's really like when you were dating her? And you're in love. Even if she shows you, you won't even recognize it. You are so in love. <laughs> Until after, you say, oh my God. What is this? <laughs> now, I have seven revelations about the woman in your life that I want to share with you. And I'm going to read the seven, and we're going to develop all of them. The first revelation is not what you think. That's number one. It's not what you think. Men, it's not what you think. Don't go by what you were told by your friend in high school. It don't work. You got to learn. We got to know. That's number one. Number two, women need to feel loved. They just need to feel happy. Number three, women are wired by the Creator to be emotional. That's the way God created them. It works for the family if you let it be and have understanding. That's the way it is. And we're going to talk about that and develop it so you understand what's really going on there. There's a lot that's going on in a woman compared to a man. We're wired differently. And unless you understand, you are going to be frustrated and you're going to hurt your family and hurt your children. Let me say it before we close today, because I don't want to miss that. The greatest gift you can give to your children is to love their mother. That's the greatest gift. Once they see you loving their mother, they're secure. They know that is not going anywhere, and we're going to be together as a family, especially in the climate that we live in today where one of every two marriages falls apart. It's good to have that in the home, to love. That's what the second part, that love is needed. Notice what God said, and we're going to develop this later. God didn't ask the woman to love her husband. He asked the man to love the wife, because that's a need there. She needs to feel love. She doesn't need to know loved by death. She needs to feel loved. That's the part where we talk about the emotions. They're emotional. They're wired that way. And so the feeling is reality for them. Not just knowing. We're coming to that. Women want security. How many men agree with that? But let me let you know, it's not what you think. 
we're coming to that. It's different. The fifth pain is she does not want you to fix it. She just wants you to listen. <laughs> Be quiet, Angela. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm giving my secrets away. <laughs> she doesn't want you to fix it. She just wants you to listen. That's something we need to talk about more. Amen? And the last thing, number seven, she just, number six, oh God, yeah, I didn't, no jet lag, this is good. <laughs> number six, yeah, she needs to know that you find her attractive. A woman needs to have that. Again, it goes with the feeling. She, she needs to know that you find her attractive. And the number seven is, she just wants you. She doesn't want anything else. She wants you. Men always have all these crazy ideas about what the woman wants. Really, what she wants is you. Just you. Amen? We're going to be talking more about that. Today, I have the time. I have a, I one, one more hour to develop the first one. <laughs> it's not what you think. That's why I'm going to uh, end up today. It's really not what you think. We men have a lot of misconceptions about women, and I, I, I have them too. I have to deal with a woman. What pleases a woman? I'm beginning to realize it's not really what I, what I thought I knew. I have never been taught this time. You just go by, you think, well, when I get there, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, know this thing. It's not what you think. You have to realize that women are wired so different from the rest of us as men that we really need to be understanding on how we deal with them. They are wired very different from us. I'm going to give this out for you so you understand. My wife will tell you, I can't think about two things at the same time. time. I can be focused on doing one thing and my wife will give me a very important information, and I didn't get it at all. My mind was just focused on that one thing. Now, a woman, she can deal with several things at the same time. She can be cooking, taking care of this crazy kids screening and all of that in the home, and, and be cooking at the same time, washing dishes, doing all kinds of stuff, and everything is okay. Now, if I did that, uh, you won't be able to eat that food because it's going to be burnt. When I'm taking care of the kids, the food is gone out of my mind. I'm not there. But that's the way God wired them. And there are, there are consequences of this. You know, what's the result of the way God has put them together? And that's why God is saying to the man, as a husband, you need to study. You need to know what it is how God put the woman together so that you can respond positively so that she can have a place, the quietness that she needs to perform a ministry in your life for success of the family. But if you don't, and you don't, you get bitter, that triggers something else which we're going to talk about, and then the whole, the home comes down in confusion and a lot of conflict. 
And there's one thing that the Holy Spirit cannot tolerate. Conflict. God doesn't want confusion. He said that it's going to be made right or everything goes his way. That's the way it is. So we're going to be talking about these seven things next time because my time is up. Would you stand up with me this morning? The greatest thing that uh, can happen to a man. This morning I had my time uh, with my God in prayer. And uh, I was thanking God that he sent his son to save me. I still don't understand till today how I was able to live my life before I found Christ. I guess the devil gives you, gets you busy with other things. So you are not aware that there is something that is really important in life. I am truly grateful to God that I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. There is a God. One day we are going to be standing before God. Everything we're doing here will not matter. It's what you did with the Lord Jesus that's going to be important. And the blessings for serving and knowing God and finding favor with God starts here. I found favor with God. I have found favor with God. God, let me put it in, our way, in the way we put it. God likes me. Amen. <laughs> I'm his friend. And I'm very grateful to him for that. Because there are many people in the world that don't know him. They don't call on his name. They have no knowledge that God exists. And then they are going to find out when it's too late. Hell is real. Hell is real. No man preached about hell more than Jesus himself. Before Jesus came, nobody knew what hell was like. They talked in shadows. But Jesus described that place. He talked about the warmth in that place. He talked about the heat. He talked about the creatures in that place. That's a terrible place for a man to go. Nobody needs to be there. Jesus said one time, he said, you will be sorry you were born. If you are alive, there are only one of two places that you, of two places you, are, you will wind up when this life is over. Either in heaven or in hell. But you can change that today if you are heading the other way and become a candidate for heaven. And experience Jesus on this side of heaven before you see him face to face. I can't wait till I see him face to face. I know I have work to do here. But one day, I'm going to see that Jesus face to face. Amen. And like one preacher said, I will spend 1,000 years just gazing at the face of Jesus. And after the first 1,000 years, then maybe I'll talk to Peter. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord. If you're here this morning and don't know Jesus as your Savior, where you are right there, say this prayer from the heart to the Lord. If you say the word and mean it from your heart, the Lord Jesus will save your soul. And you can be a candidate for heaven today and be a part of God's kingdom. Pray with me if you don't know Christ. 
Let's all lift our hands up to the Lord today. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Savior of the world. Today, I call you my Savior. Save my soul today. Cleanse me with the power of your blood. Heavenly Father, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus into the world for my sake. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that and you meant it in your heart, I don't care what the preacher said, you are born again. I don't care what any other preacher said or anybody said. You are a child of God if you meant it in your heart. What you need to do then is make sure you attend Sunday school. <laughs> you need to be taught the Word of God. We are born by the Word of God. The Bible is very clear. Attend Sunday school. Make sure you present yourself before God, listening to His Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Every time you come before God's Word, what you've done is presented yourself before God. And He sees you when you present yourself before His Word. Amen? Let's pray before we close. Father, I thank you. I bless your people today as they leave. I bless them with prosperity, Lord God. I come against every pain in their life. I come against want in their life. I pray that according to your Word, that you came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Let it be your portion today in the name of Jesus. Let it be the portion of every family that is represented here today in the name of Jesus. That abundant life, that abundant supply that you brought through our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's people said, Amen. Be blessed, be dismissed.